What is going on, everybody? It is the triumphant return of Big Block's Garage. After many, many moons, I decided I uh, need to get this going again, get get back out there, get to talking to everybody again. And who better to start with than my good buddy Blake from Sublime Technologies. Blake, how you doing, buddy? What's up, man? How's it going, buddy? Man, I'm doing fantastic. Real excited to get back to doing this. That's awesome, dude. That's It's... Uh... It's always relaxing to get back into the groove of something and be productive, you know? Yeah, that's where I'm at. I just, I just, I enjoyed it. It was a good time. Um, I started a new job, so we just, I just got away from doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we all had a busy year for 2022, but time, it's time. It's time, man. It's a good time. Look, holidays are upon us. People are ready to listen with open ears. So hopefully uh, you just get right to it, man, like a duck to water. There you go. I think we'll be all right. I mean, we're, yeah, you're fine. but so man, what's going on with you? How, how are you doing? Like with your year and everything, what's new with you guys? Oh man, busy as all get out. It's crazy. Um, so we are in the new facility here, um, in the office, in the lab, um, development of new products, getting orders, you know, shipped, delivered, and really trying to push things to the next level. It's been it's been all out. Um, a blessing. Uh, it's a little bit of a head spin, but it's, man, I'm so excited about it. Man, I'm pumped for you guys. A lot, a lot of new stuff. Um, I see all your posts about shipments going out and everything. It just makes me jazz for you, man. Like, you love to see your friends win. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it, we're getting better. It's, it's, it's an infinite learning cycle. You know, you, you start out, um, well, this really all started out, oh, man. 2015, I want to say, uh, is when the, the the full business of you know making the the product started. The the helping the community started way back in like 2010, 2011, in a small apartment in t- South Texas. Um, I never thought it would get this far, uh, but it's it's been a, a roller coaster. It's been awesome. Um, we started, like I said, helping people out with a simple website. You know, formerly DIY Hemi. Um, and then people just started asking us, Hey, can you just make me a wiring harness? Can you just do these things, you know, for us? And, uh, I started making some stuff by hand and now we're into like this full blown manufacturing process and we have stuff going out the door. We have, you know, machinery contracts, all kind of crazy stuff. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> it is. It's nuts. Dude, it's pretty wild. Like I saw one of your newest things you just came out with was, uh, AC adapters. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, man, in don't tell anybody, but tell everybody, right? Uh, <laughs> my uh, previous life to get through school, you know, down here in the South, uh, the General Motors and the LS crowd was rampant. Um, he had a, a few small pockets of Mopar, a few small pockets of Ford. But uh, in order to cut my teeth, you know, I definitely I was in the GM crowd. I did LS for a very long time. Uh, I would say like 12, 13 years, I was deep into LS, LS swap C10s, all that stuff. I had it all kind of worked on it all. Uh, and I think, you know, my heart really always was into the, the Mopar side of things. A little bit of a, a cut from a different cloth, a different breed. I like GM. It's cool, but Mopar had soul. And that's what I really liked about it. So um, 
doing all those things, I saw how much was out there for the LS swap community. And I said, why can't that be for the Hemi world? Why can't we do that for Chrysler? And this AC fitting is just a continuation of that. Um, you know, for a C10, you know, you have one. Yeah. Uh, you can buy anything and everything. It's like, I want a billet door handle. Okay, there's like three companies that make billet door handles for C10s, right? Man, you it, could you could build an entire C10 without ever having a C10 to start with. Right, yeah, right, exactly. You can do all those things. And, um, I mean, we really looked at how those prices were just really going crazy. I think, to put it in perspective, uh, 2000, let's say 12. No, sorry. Fast forward, 2018, sorry. I had a LS Swap C10, and uh, all I was doing the Hemi thing, I just it was a project that was quick and dirty that I always wanted to build something with my dad, right? Yeah. And a C10, they're just so cheap to put together, and uh, it's like, hey, look, let's just do this real quick afternoon, just, just goof off, something to do with my dad. And um, we built that truck, LS swapped, cold AC, fresh paint job, step side, short wheelbase, single cab. I sold that truck for 7,500 bucks. You can't touch that truck for less than 15, 20 grand now. Those trucks, you know, they're they're going out, yeah. of, out of this world, out of the stratosphere. I, I cannot believe how much these OBSs are going for right now. Oh, OBS is insane too, you know. And I, you know, I have a, I have a little opining for those. I learned how to drive an OBS. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I get it. Uh, the prices are just so ridiculous. I looked at the Mopar world, and it's like, man, first gen Rams. You can get them for a song and a dance. Now they're starting to go up a little bit, but you know, you're looking at fifteen hundred bucks for a truck versus five thousand for a project, right? Yeah, um, I mean, old Chief back here behind me, he used fifteen hundred dollars. It's awesome, you know. Yeah. So we have to continually reinvent ourselves and, and make ways to, to do budget projects because there's so many of us out there that, I mean, we don't have this endless bank account to do crazy builds. You know, we just want something to enjoy and really just have fun with. Okay. So it's like the, the AC adapters, right? It's D one fifties have well D one fifties, all the Dodge series trucks, especially from the late eighties had like the most ugliest complex AC lines and fittings that one could ever imagine um on the condenser the expansion valve everything was just like these weird uh silver soldered welded fittings that wrapped and, and eventually converted into hoses it's 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 kind of weird like the one on the condenser alone it's like a crow's foot I, I don't know who came up with that idea it's like let's make this thing look hideous let's do let's, that you know let's be honest though dodge was more about let's make something powerful and last versus let's yeah. make it pretty that's true. That's true. So, I mean, the trucks, it's great. So we have, of course, low buck Kimmy truck, which is that project truck of ours. Um, and I said, you know what, for these people doing swaps, we need to start bringing these trucks and, and Chrysler products into this LS mentality of let's just make cool parts for them. And if people want to buy them, great. That's awesome. You know, and just throw them out there. And as we sell and we continue to grow, we can offer more products. Um, that's the name of the game at this point in time. We're just having fun. Yeah, I mean, I know for a fact, as I look to my Hemi sitting here next to me, I have a few of your products on it. Yeah, yeah. So I, it's, the, I got the thermostat spacer and then the valve cover. Oh, yeah. We, oh, that means we got to send you some more stuff, man. 
I know, man. I've, I've, once it gets installed, I'm sure I'll need a lot more look, stuff. Right here. Look. So a couple of, with these kits that we have, a couple of things we've come out with, this D150 adapter kit, the components individually can be used for a whole bunch of different vehicles. So the set of four you have, uh, I have it right here, you've got the, your two compressor adapters, right? So this is any Gen 3 Hemi AC compressor. These adapters work on them. So it doesn't matter if you're using a truck compressor or a car compressor, these work, right? So these will work on your car, right? For your AC okay. and, your, and your duster, right? So we got them in anodized black. Uh, we've got them um, uh, also here in uh, clear anodized, almost like a chrome color. Um, what we're doing is we, we came out with this kit, but it's also piecemealable. So if you have a car like yours, get these fittings and then run like a vintage air or something if you want. Or you could even run the factory old duster AC if you want. It's, yeah. There you go. You're connected to your Hemi, right? Um, for this one is D150 Ram Charger, kind of like D250, the whole first gen truck specific, right? It bolts to the top of the condenser. But this one, the expansion valve right here, I'm showing you guys. This expansion valve was used on, gosh, like every single Chrysler product from like 74 to like 2003. It, this will work on a Prowler. I dig it. Isn't that nuts? Like, so uh, I've seen a Hellcat Prowler. I want to swap a Prowler just because. Uh, why not? You know. Uh, I mean, but, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Yeah. Anyway, so, but that's just some of the little things, man. And we wanted to make it good quality product. I mean, look, we can go and try to piecemeal some stuff from either Amazon or um, you can go overseas. But there are some some pitfalls, things that we didn't like um, in the fitting specifically. So that's why we created them. We're like, hey, people need good stuff, right? Right. You look at this one. Uh, it's like take the compressor fittings, for example. Um, in the factory ones, they don't have a recessed boss for the hardware. So you kind of see that recessed boss in there. Yeah. Uh, what that does is the it's just a flat flange typically in some of these other ones. And when you put the nut on top of the stud to bolt this to the compressor, and then you got to take your AC fitting and thread it on here, it hits the stud and it's like all jacked up. So like you might have to like grind the nut a little bit, make some clearances kind of jacked up. But what we did is we've made a better sealing surface and recessed hardware. So you use a stainless cap screw and it fits flush in there. Ooh. And yep, it looks, I'm in. It's it's like jewelry, dude. It's yeah. I mean, it's gorgeous, anodized black, laser engraved. Like, I mean, come on, that's some good stuff. See, because um, I, you know me, I'm all about a good, clean look. <laughs> like, I'm fine cool. with the outside being a little ratty, but oh, I love when everything's nice and clean. Black or chrome, they're coming your way, buddy. Oh, black all the way. Black, you got it, man. They're coming your. Way. I appreciate you. you know it's. I mean, this is what we do stuff. It's, it's guys like us sitting in the garage. We want cool stuff and. If no one makes it, then it's an incumbent upon us to make it, right? I mean, I mean, like, hot rodding itself, man, that's what really got it going was yeah. was guys just sitting around going, what can we do to make this faster, lighter, and cooler? Mm -hmm. And they just – and then it just, it just ran from there. Like, uh, get a little, little off topic, but like uh, cafe racers, motorcycles, yeah. stuff like that. Those were GIs coming home from the wars. 
and they wanted a different kind of motorcycle like they saw in Italy. So they started chopping down Harleys and everything. That's, that's it. It's, it's, and I love, I personally love the ratty movement. It's, there's something that's so fun about putting something together and just running it and having a blast. The days of waiting for the perfect car and the years and years of build, it's, it's kind of fading a little bit. I think there's always going to be a place for that. You know, I do appreciate a very clean build. I appreciate a beautifully put together car, but I can say this, like, um, I had a 74 dart a couple of years back and, um, this thing, it was a 40 yarder for sure. It was, uh, <laughs> dude, I, man, somebody literally cut the rear fenders to fit some, uh, some Mickey Thompson's on it. And they, I don't know if they used like a spatula and a wooden spoon, but it was the most jagged, <laughs> jacked up fender cutting I've ever seen in my life. But it looked good from 40 yards away. I used to drive that thing like to Walmart, a local store. I'd park in the front front row, front parking spot, and I'd get out, slam the door, loved it, walked in. I didn't give a shit about it, right? But right. it was so much fun. Like I legitimately, like I could walk in a store guilt-free and not even care, you know, come out and it's like, there she is. All right, let's go. You know, versus like say the stress of like a, perfectly restored numbers matching i mean there's a stress that comes with that dude it's like oh, oh for sure God, somebody breathed on it wrong like um i love the fact that like this is a three on the tree mm-hmm. ain't nobody stealing this truck <laughs> that's ain't, awesome ain't nobody gonna be able to steal this truck because they'll be like oh it's in drive and it just bounces right back into the neutral <laughs> it's, it's look, gonna on, be great on the tree is the best it's like the the you know, the ultimate anti-theft device, as you said, because they get in and they're like, oh, sweet, automatic on the column. And they get yep. in there and it's just like, wait, what? No says I, you ain't going nowhere. Not today. But, um, man, okay, so the elephant in the room on this on this one. Uh-oh. We noticed the name change. Yes. Yeah, so uh, again, formerly DIY Hemi, we we had to go through a name change for a couple of reasons. Um, the main reason is as we really get more serious with production and the ability to kind of protect our design, we put a lot of effort and time into this. We want to share it. We want people to enjoy these products. But I mean, there's the inevitable. I mean, they have, they have companies out there that do knockoffs, right? Um we really want to protect ourselves, do copywriting of the, the name and patenting. So we filed for a copyright of our name and logo, our likeness. Uh-oh, what we got? What's up, dude? Say How hi. you doing? I got a car. You got a yeah. truck? That's what I'm talking about. There you go. You going to bed? Oh, watch your toes. <laughs> Say hi, Blake. Hey man, how you doing? All right. You having Blake, fun? Blake asks how you doing. How you doing? Thank you. All right, sit still for a second. Hey, can you hear me? Yes. How yeah. are you doing? Good. You're doing good. Oh no, boy. <laughs> All right, go back to mommy, okay? Bye. Say bye. Wait, bye. All right. Good night, buddy. Love you. Good night, my dude. Say bye. All right. 
Go on, go to mommy. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Man, he loves his cars and trucks. Oh, that's that is that is so cool, man. That's cool. That's that's the goal, isn't it? Hopefully, your kids get into it. Yeah, mine, mine not so much. Um, I look. Well, I catch a glimpse. We go to cruising the coast every year. And uh, usually when we get down to the Pascagoula stop, the police officers ask us to do a burnout. Yeah. And my kids light up. They're in the back seat, and, I, and I'm like, okay, officer. <laughs> and so they do they love that. They look forward to that every year. I don't know a single person outside the grumpiest old biddies that don't <laughs> like burnouts. You know what I mean? Man, it is crazy. You would be surprised, man. They got some, they got some crotchety old people out there. <laughs> It's like, geez, um, strap like, up your depends and get off the orthopedics, old lady. Yeah, just, just if you're not gonna enjoy it, just get out of here. Just, just go, just go. Yeah. But totally get it, man. It's just uh, it's a wild year. Mm-hmm. I was super bummed out. We didn't get to hang out at Mo Party, but you guys, you guys had a lot going on, and it's just basically me and Chris. Yeah, man. I wanted to be there so bad. It looked like you guys had an absolute blast out there. Bro, I'm not going to lie. I was dead by the time we were done. Like, like Chris is a slave driver, and I hope he's watching so he hears me tell say that. Um, he's motivated. He's very motivated. Uh, it was a good time, man. I had a blast. I learned – I will say I learned a lot about what kind of content to aim for and mm-hmm. what kind of content to get because, I mean, I do – I feel like I do a pretty decent job at getting good photos yeah, and, and putting stuff together. Um, but as far as like what to actually look for to get that people want to see, I don't so much know. I just like to put out what I like and hope other mm-hmm. people like it. Um, Chris, on the other hand, he's got a pretty good finger on the pulse for that. So he really? was, yeah, he was aiming in the right direction. He goes, this is kind of what people like. They want like a quick walk around um, and everything. He goes, get your shots, get photos, get like, mm-hmm make it like a 15 30 second reel and then there you go bob's your uncle on it and then just post each car individually i'll tell you what man what i really admire about him is his ability to look at the the information behind the scenes right so he actually goes back and he analyzes his footage and he'll say you know look let's take shorts or reels you know for example and he'll say okay uh, of the the last fifteen I posted, you know X one and and Y one over here had you know absorbent amount more of interactions and hits than these other two, and and he dissects them and really looks deeply into what he's done and tries to mimic it. And it, he's progressing. It's crazy. It's like it's like a mad scientist behind the camera and yeah. behind the computer screen with like analytics, seeing what's popular, what people really enjoy, and then making it happen, you know, going forward. Man, I've said from the get-go, I am more of a behind-the-scenes kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, you guys disagree with me. You tell me I'm great at this whole talking thing. Um, but I feel like I'm really good at getting having the right idea for a shot and pulling something together and directing yeah. it. Um, Dude, but your mean, footage from Mo Party 1 when we were all there together, I thought was killer. So I thought you did a phenomenal job. Look, let, let me tell you, I'll put it this way. When we posted that footage on our social media outlets, we had such a positive response from that. It was incredible. Um, we saw an immediate jump in subscribers, followers. It was, I mean, it was crazy. It was unreal. I was I was very excited with the, the work that you guys put out in the first Mo Party. 
man, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I, oh, dude, I'd have to say my, one of my favorite shots I've ever gotten was your CUDA doing the drive by when we were on our way to the last day. Oh man, that was, that was a good one. And did I ever tell you that I found out what was up with the car that week? Uh, wasn't it bad spark plugs? Bad no. spark plugs. Dude. Oh, yeah, it, it was, was bad spark plugs. Yeah, it was bad spark plugs. That that was it. <laughs> um, yeah, I had the engine sitting around forever, and I'd ran it, you know, just around the yard. But when I really got on it to drive it in a spirited way, it just was running funky. Um, and literally, it was a set of spark plugs, and it was right as rain. <laughs> so, oh man, you know, we were racking our brains that whole weekend about it, but um. It was still just a blast just to be there with you guys and drive it. Man, I can tell you right now, I don't think I don't think I've I laughed as much <laughs> as I did that weekend um with you guys when we were in the, the Airbnb. So back, a little bit of backstory for the folks. Um there was about what five of us stacked up in this yeah. old two, two bedroom, two, three bedroom Airbnb that I'd found and we all just converged. It was me, Blake the Mopar Hunter, Mike, Chris Maddox, uh, one of my co-hosts for Mad Fro Monroe. And we just all piled up in this house for a weekend in Kentucky and just had a time. Like, we just had a blast. We were giggling. We were laughing like schoolgirls. Um, oh, Blake, and, Blake and them thought they were going to prank me with a haunted doll. <laughs> and I locked my door and proved them wrong. Oh, man, you got us. We, we wanted to real bad. That would have been fun. That would have been fun. You'd have seen a mat-sized hole in the wall. <laughs> oh man, that was good times though. Um, yeah, I was so excited to see from your guys' content how much it had grown and continued to go on. You know, it's really a fifty-fifty shot with those things, right? You know, it was the first annual uh, Mo party when we went. Um, it was a big deal. Um, for most people, you know, looking forward to it, but you never know how it's going to go. You never know how it's going to take off. It's the counterpart of LS Fest, which is insanely huge now. So yeah. you think, well, it's, it's got a good shot. But when you actually see from your friends how much it has grown in just a year's time, um, it's incredible. I'm, I'm excited about what's going to happen next year. So there was some give and take this year when we were there. Um, really? The car show part was a lot bigger. Um, they naturally, they obviously added the off-road rally course. Um, yeah. and that was, that was doing fair. I wouldn't say it was a huge success yet for Mo Party, but it was doing pretty fair. Mm -hmm. Um, drag racing had died off a lot. Oh, wow. There was a lot less drag racing. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that I was talking to one of the drag racers and he said they'd done away with eighth mile timing and racing. So they went up to quarter mile? They just went out to quarter. They, they dialed it up to just quarter. Wow. So they uh so a lot of guys didn't come for the drag racing oh, part of it. A lot of the country has shifted to eighth mile. I mean, it's kind of the new thing, you know. The cars are set up for that, you know. Yeah. It's I mean, it's it's 60 foot or nothing, man. You know, get it all up front, you know. Yeah, that's kind of how the the drag racing world has has migrated. So I wonder if they're gonna make you know adjustments next year because of that. I hope so, because I mean that was one of my favorite parts was just the, was the drag racing, just chilling and watching the drag racing and mm -hmm. getting some burnout footage um, and then launch footage. Um, some of my best shots from Mo Party One was launches, mm -hmm. um, getting the getting the wheelies caught just right with the tires rolled, 
and crinkled up and everything. I mean, they were just good shots. I think Max got a bunch of those. I got a bunch of those. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah it's it's a good layout. My only gripe about that was, I would say, flexibility in the rules when it came to competitors. Uh, you, you know about my whole dilemma. Um, we were strapped to get up, you know, for your listeners, we were strapped to get up there. Um, I literally left my racing helmet at the shop at home. And when I got there, I had we had the grand competitor, uh, grand champion competitor package. I think it was. It's like you can autocross, you can drag race, you do the thirty mile uh, reliability cruise, uh, you do the car show, kind of like the whole package, right? Yeah. Um, so I remember the first day I go to tech in, and everything was fine. You know, I get my package, and uh, they say, okay tech is around back at drag so i went to the drag area and he looked at my package the, the tech inspector there and he says oh no you're a grand competitor you have to go tech in at autocross um autocross is a more strenuous uh, stringent um check-in a tech inspection okay no problem i go over there um and the first thing the guy asks me is hey where's your helmet and i'm like at, at that point it dawns on me and i'm literally just like Oh, I, I can visualize it in my mind, sitting in the shop, like almost whimpering that I left it behind, <laughs> right? Like I, I can visualize that. And I'm just like, oh, man. He's like, nope, you're not getting teched without uh, your, your helmet. And I uh, said, okay, well, let's see what I can do. I, I hit the swap meet. And I'm like, I got to find this my face helmet. What's, oh, your screen's frozen up, man. Am I moving at all? Can you see me moving? No? I see you on half of your screen weird it's like mirror mode or something yeah that's weird um we're gonna roll with it whatever um you're good (laughs) but uh but yeah i remember that because you were you were hunting for a helmet hard and they're and you were like asking if you could just run and grab a helmet from walmart and they're like nope it's gotta be this kind of helmet yeah And, and the only ones there were like 600 bucks or something like that I oh guess. they're pretty expensive i think it, the cheapest was like four four fifty and you know in in the the grand scheme of things you know a snell rated a helmet you know or something you know competition rated I and mean, that's that's about what they go for it's just the fact of the matter of i was looking at it this way and in my background i'm a numbers guy is i would literally pay like 500 bucks for four passes it's yeah. like 100 bucks a pass i'm like it doesn't make sense to me right doesn't add up went, yeah we went to the local harley dealership just anywhere to try to find a helmet for a reasonable price and then uh maybe around lunchtime i said you know what forget it i'll just drag race the car because drag racing if you're sub 13s um you don't need you know if you're faster than a 13 sorry you don't need a helmet right it's slow considered slow i guess so I'm like, well, maybe I'll just feather it and just run a pass. And if they tell me something, then okay, I'll I'll just not race again or um, you know find another means. Um, but they legitimately would not let me tech in at drag racing because I was a grand competitor package. I said, okay, strip that away from me. Just consider me a drag racer now. I just want to make a clean pass. I'd never made a pass with the car at that point in time, and they refused. They would not let me make a pass. Because I bought that package. Man. 
It was that was my only gripe. Well, that and the decal taking the paint off the car. But yeah, oh um, yeah, I remember that when you sent me that message, and I was like, uh, I was heartbroken for you. I don't know if they made those stickers out of kryptonite and stainless steel or what, but that was insane. Um, yeah, I know the paint on the car is old, but uh, when you peel a sticker off of the car that you had just applied two days before, and paint literally comes off with it, I mean, it. It was incredible. I almost had to get like vice grips to pull this sticker off the car. That's how adhered it was. It was nuts. That's wild, man. And so other side, I had to get the heat gun out, slowly heat it, and I was able to get it off with no damage. But I still have a Moparty decal on the driver's side covering the missing paint. I mean, it's it's not funny. But, but it's it is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> no, it's funny. It is. I mean, look, laugh about it. Is it's not a perfect car, and that's what I love about it. Is dude, it's got scratches, it's got dings, the paint's fifty years old. Whatever, man. It's I love that whole thing about just run it and just have fun with it. I mean, it's a good it's a good lesson to learn because I didn't learn that lesson fast enough, and here we are with my duster looking like Swiss cheese. I started cutting quarter panels and everything. So I can fix rust. Um, no, that's that's fine. Look, you're you're getting there, man. It's your dream coin. Look, you got Chief behind you too. Chief is going to be stout, man. Oh, I'm so excited for Chief. Uh, he goes next month to get uh, the Crown Vic front end finished up, oh, and nice. then and then doing a uh, rear axle flip. Nice. So, what's the total drop on it going to be? I'm not sure yet. Like a lot of the guys I've seen that do this, uh, they get like two to three inches, if not more. Huh, that's what she said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a fury. Um, I mean, eventually, end goal for the truck is obviously air ride because I want it on the ground. Yeah. But I like low and long. Like I love them. Um, my wife's C10. It's a long bed. Mm-hmm. It's gonna get the air ride treatment. Chief's gonna get the air ride treatment. Um, the goal with Chief, I'm gonna be a little. I'm gonna be a little cowboy deluxe. Hey man, um, do it. I got that cowhide in, and it's gonna be. I'm going to do the headliner, the window visors, door panels, and uh, the little foam leather wrap dash pad. I'm going to do it all in cowhide. Oh, that's sweet. That is sweet, man. I look the, the Swepties got a uh, that's a that's a soft spot for me, man. I love those things, and I'm, I used to be one of the. I hate to say it, I used to be one of those short bed or no bed, right? But yeah, man, the long beds are really growing on me, and. A trend that I think we saw at Mo Party, and it was just starting to evolve with the long beds, is the swapping of the bed for a utility bed. Mm-hmm. So a utility bed dropped low air ride. Oh, that or uh, say like a ladder rack in the back of a long bed just kind of gives it that chill work truck vibe, but uh, also like an, an awesome cruiser, if that makes sense. Oh no, I get it. Like, like literally you just get off work and like, I'm going to go cruise now. Exactly. And dude, don't even get me started on artwork on the doors. Like, you know, like such and such speed shop or something like that. I love that hand painted doors with the old distressed logo. That's my jam. See, I'm going to, I need to find a guy that can do big blocks garage on the door because it's just it's gotta you got happen. It. You got him, man. Like it's in a distressed white to match the top half of the truck. Oh yeah. Oh dude. That's well I've um uh, I've actually I've looked at it quite a bit. I thought about doing it on Lobuck 
And I'm like, look, I am not the world's best artist. So there has to be a way we can fake it, right? Like, it has to be a way I can cheat. Some stencils. guys, some guys I've seen, yeah, they use stencils and they use an acrylic paint, but then it washes off. And I, there's got to be a way to do it with paint that sticks. So what I've seen them do is they'll do like a, a stencil and they have this, uh, this, I forgot what the brand is. I can see it in my mind. It's got a yellow label on it. It's like a pinstriping paint, right? Yeah. Um, what they'll do is they'll take like a, a one inch wide brush and they'll just go over the stencil, just brush it back and forth to give it that hand brushed uh, paint look. Right. And it'll have high and low spots just naturally because it's brushed on paint. Right. Yeah. They'll let it dry, peel the stencil, come back with sandpaper, hit the whole thing. And like a lot of the low spots will kind of just fade away and the high spots will have enough paint to stick and it looks distressed. Then they'll take a finer brush, like a detail brush, and get like a black or something and trim, like, you know, just kind of outline the letters. And it looks like a hand-painted distressed. It, it's cheating, right? <laughs> I had to figure out a way to cheat. It's definitely cheating. Um, but it looks so good. I can dig it, man. Yeah, I got to get some shop lettering. I know a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy, obviously. <laughs> but, I mean... Like I would love to, I, my goal is I'm trying to do as much as I can myself. Yeah. Um, obviously the crown Vic swaps a little outside my realm of, of knowledge. So I'm, I am going to outsource that, but mm -hmm. I'm going to try to do the pin. I'm going to try to do the, the letters myself. I'm going to do the headliner and everything myself. Um, I, I do, there is a gentleman that I want to do, have do some pinstriping on it. Mm -hmm. Um, but he, and he's at, uh, Sparks and the Ozarks every year. I really want to do so, uh, just a little bit up on the hood around the Dodge lettering. Nice. Oh, for sure. I think that would look sweet. It's, it's the right patina. It's the right profile. If that makes sense. Like, oh, it makes perfect sense. Cause you know me, man, I'm not a patina guy. Like, it, not look, even... it looks so good though. Look, I'm, I know. I'm looking at it behind you right now, and I'm just like, man, that thing. Oh, looks so good. I'm gonna see if I can get this where it's a little bit. Okay, oh, there let, you me, go. let me let me side out of the way if you guys can kind of see it oh, a that's little bit. It. Not even a little, not even at all, because I'm in the way, because I'm huge. Um, but uh, but no, it's just it's just right. Mm -hmm. Do this, like there you go. Like, so, what wheels do you have on it right now? Crown Vic wheels right now since Ford and Dodge shared the bolt pattern. Yeah, the 17 Crown Vic police wheels. Yeah. Dude, they are nice wheels. I had oh, them on a 77 Valera once. So Valari, I, I don't know how you say it. I still don't know how you say that car's name. Val Valari? Valari. Is that it? Valari? Sure. <laughs> hey, sounds good um, to me. But no, but you it was a four-door, like beige with a beige vinyl top. Valari on Crown Vic wheels. Yeah. It looked so good. Oh, dude, they, they're great. Um, well, I'm gonna do the guy I bought this truck from actually has a uh has a uh blasting and uh powder coating company. Mm -hmm. He's gonna charge me like 75 bucks a wheel. What? And uh I'm gonna get it done in matte white to go with the white of the truck. Sweet. Yeah. And you can no, put saying, like the dog dish center cap. Maybe eventually. I, I'm not a huge fan of that look. Don't tell anybody. Really? Hey, <laughs> it, it grew. It's it's not for everybody. It grew on me. I like it. I mean, it. If I could find some Dodge, 
hubcaps, I would pro I would absolutely rock those. Oh wait, um, dude, let me send you. Uh, I have you know obviously we got a lot of police interceptors at the house, uh, or at shop one I guess you would say. Um, behind the house, I think we've got oh geez probably like five different police cars with the police uh, center caps and it fits the five on four and a half bolt pattern. There the you go. small chrome. Center cap, man. Look, if you don't like them, throw them in the garbage can. <laughs> Just send them on. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, um, I mean, look, it won't hurt anything. No, I mean, cause I got, it's got to have something on it. I do know that much, but uh, but no, man. Like uh, I had a couple of buddies. They did a. Uh, they built a death cart out of a grand marquee, and so, oh I mean, wait, I, wait, wait, hold on. I have to interrupt. You know what they call those cars in the hood, right? Uh, uh grandma Keiths. No way, dude. I'm not even joking. <laughs> Oh, Grandma boy. Keith's. There's a lot to unpack there. There is. There. I just had to, I had to throw that out there. I thought it was valuable information for that point in the conversation. <laughs> but no, they uh, so they they built a death cart out of a Grand Marquis, but they upgraded the wheels. So I was like, do you guys still have those uh, the Grand Marquis slash uh, Crown Vic wheels? And they're like, mm -hmm. for sure. Why? And I was like, can you hook a fella up? So they showed up. They showed up like five of them. Nice. Um, they I need tires on all of them, but uh, cause all the tires are a little used up and worn out. But uh, but no, man, they don't look bad. I mean, I have them all completely covered up right now. So otherwise, I'd show the people. Here well, we go. Dude, that's that's all in this welder a little bit. Riding, man. Can y'all see that's... those back there? Oh yeah, dude, I yeah. love them. Yeah, I mean, it's they're... a good wheel. It's a great wheel. And dude, it's it's a spearing of hot rod. They're dirt cheap. I mean, look, people practically give them away. Oh, for sure, because they... everybody's got customized something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I'm a fan of repurposing. You know, the GM guys, the C10s and the, the six-bolt patterns, they have the transport wheels. You've seen those, right? I, I'm looking for a set for my wife's truck because hers is a six-bolt. So, all right, side tangent. Local guy worked for the rail company. And what they would do is the dealers or the manufacturer, like, you know, Cadillac, right, or GMC yeah. with the Denali's, they'd ship them on the trains with the transport wheels, right? Then when they would reach the offloading destination, they had a big crate. And what they would do is the in separate boxes shipped from the manufacturer would be the the, the nice, pretty, like 20 inch, um, you know, alloy wheels. They would actually swap the tires, the production line tires uh, from the, the transport wheels over to the nice pot. It was so people wouldn't steal the wheels during transport. Right. Right. That's why they came out with them. They were never intended to be DOT highway approved, so they never had a federal stamp. They were never approved for highway use, uh, but people started to get their holds on them, especially people that worked the rail industry. Locally, there was a guy uh, about six years ago that had uh, worked for the rail industry, and he stole or acquired. acquired. There you go. Acquired. <laughs> acquired. About six of these huge crates, like these pallets with like dozens of sets in them, right? Right. And so I can remember literally meeting this guy in um, this this uh, common road in Baton Rouge is called Florida Boulevard, right? I can remember meeting him at his like day job and literally behind his, he worked at like a electrical equipment company. His boss let him just like stash them all in the back. And I showed up and it was Almost a 50 by 100 foot lot of transport 22s. And I'm just like, wait, what? 
yeah, I just went there to buy a set for my buddy. His uh, he was in the military, and we were building the C10 for him. Yeah, and um, it was dirt cheap. I think it was like four hundred bucks. I paid for like four wheels, right? But yeah. there were twenty twos, transports, and that guy later got busted by the feds because they're not DOT approved. Like they came down on him like a ton of bricks. Oh man. So anyway, there's my transport twenty two story. But see, like, man, we get away good looking wheels. They're good looking wheels. Or the fourth gens. And I think maybe the fifth gens too. The spare tire is a steel 20 inch. And the first gen Ram guys, same bolt pattern. Um, Well, no, I'm sorry. Sixth gen is a six load. Fifth gen is the last fifth load, five load. They love taking the spare tires from a fourth gens. They're 20 inch wheels, DOT approved, painting them or powder coating them. And it's a beautiful steel 20-inch wheel for the first gens. Yeah. I can dig it, man. Hot rodding. Yeah, hot rodding, dude. That's what it's about. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, but no, so yeah, Chief's cool. I'm, I I really want to get Chief and Lowbuck together at Mo Party. You got to, man. We got to. We got to. Look, we've been working on it pretty good here lately. Um. Last night I did digging into, uh, so we got the prototype spec harness for the Jeep engines, and yep. that's what's in Lowbuck. Uh, so that's going to be going into production soon. It runs, it yard drives. The only thing I had left to do was wire up the electric fans and the brake switch so the torque converter would lock and unlock on the uh, five-speed automatic. So uh, I went through all this trouble last night. Most people in our swaps, we use the... Um, the brake switch from say like 2003 through 2008, 2009 pickup trucks, Dodge pickup trucks and Jeep vehicles works really well. It has the right uh, breakaway set of wires, right? So the switch functions properly for modern Chrysler transmissions. Um, so I went through all this trouble like last night, fabbing up, you know, this bracket to hold the switch. Uh, you know, me, I'm, I'm, I can't leave stuff alone, right? So I'm going to take it out, you know, weld it nice, sand it, paint it, all this stuff. And um, I go install the brake switch. I'm like, all right, let me go ahead and wire it up, find out which pins are what in the dash harness so I can really make this look really nice and clean. And I'm, I pull up the wiring diagram for the, the D150. And I shit you not, the brake switch that was factory in this truck would have worked perfectly without me having to do a thing. <laughs> and I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. I did all that work and I could have just left it alone. Uh, but live and learn, right? So um, the seats are mounted in it. So I fabbed up a bracket. We got the bucket seats in it. Uh, I have the Jeep center console shifter with the tap shift mode where I can, you know, shift up and down. Um, it's, dude, it's pretty pretty close i'd say it's probably a good day away from just tearing it up that's so awesome man because I've, I've watched you guys work on that for a while and it's it's come along so far such a long way and it's so cool um, it's, it's so low buck like i mean i threw some some parts in it i'm really picking the boneyard i really wanted to have that mentality of low buck we got the truck for 600 bucks um the powertrain i bought the whole jeep for 400 bucks right so we're just like mashing it together um right now i would say we have around three thousand into it maybe maybe three thousand 
total, like buying the truck, all the parts, the uh, Bouchelon performance, engine adapters to, to bolt it in the, the first gens. Yeah. Like that's we're total. Our target is out the door, rolling down the road for under 35, 38. So we're going to be cutting it close. Um, I just uh, stole a power steering reservoir from a scrap car in the backyard, right? So anything that works and saves money, like that's what we're going to do to prove that you can really do it on a budget. So, I mean, dude, you can, you can get it done, man. Under four grand for a cruising late model engine swap vehicle. It's not too bad, dude. No, I'd say it's pretty, it's pretty stellar. Cause I mean, that used to be LS's claim to fame that like yeah. you can get it done for two to three grand yep. and, and just go about your day. So, the, and everybody's always like, oh, well, it's Mopar. So it's going to be more expensive. No, 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 not anymore, man. And there's so much skepticism about it. And there's so much uh, like misinformation, right? It's like, well, it's everything's ridiculous and it's, it's super complicated. I'm going to let everyone know right now the modern Mopar is almost identical to an LS in operation. It's it's insane. Like you use some of the same exact components when it comes to fuel systems, when it comes to wiring these suckers up. It is so close that you would swear they probably came from the same manufacturer. Uh, when I was putting my Hemi together, I was putting it together with two LS guys mm-hmm. and they were convinced I got swindled and bought an LS block as I was putting it together. <laughs> Right, they, they were convinced. They're like, "Dude, are you sure you didn't buy an LS?" And I was like, "It's got five seven stamped on the side, guys. It's it's a Hemi." Um, but yeah, they were convinced until they saw the heads and the pistons. They're like, they were convinced I'd bought yeah. a uh, LS block. And I just don't understand. Well, I guess I do. Maybe people fear what they do not know, what they're not exposed to. But if you look, it is just like the LS in the regard of production numbers. I mean. So many trucks, so many cars, so many SUVs came with Hemi's five yeah. sevens mostly. But you know, you you find now, I mean, when people wrecking Hellcats and, and scat packs left and right, you know, doing their uh whipping in the uh the intersections there. God, I uh, I hate that. I know it gives I'm us all a bad rap. It does. <laughs> but look, I tell you what though, when I see these like these fails where they hit a telephone pole. My ears perk up, and I'm like the uh, I'm like the seagull on Finding Nemo. I'm like fart out. Like, <laughs> what well, you gonna I, do with that six four? I can have that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it a good home. Fit it out. I'll give it a good home. I mean, just it's crazy stuff. Look, we had a customer here recently um, that said, "Look, I want to swap my five seven late model Ram. He had a 2018 Ram." I want to swap it to a 6.4 liter. I mean, it's just like doing a six liter swap in the GM world. Like it's, it's unbolt one, bolt the other one in and just give it a little tune to match the new displacement. Like it's, it's that easy, you know, and get this brand new crate 6.4 long block from Mopar from the dealership with my account, less than five grand well you know before taxes right yeah. and that included the core charge a 700 dollars core charge he had a five seven he couldn't send in as a core because it's not a six four yeah if you had a you know if you had a core like a boat anchor with a, a block and with a, a window in the side of the block you could be under five grand for a long block 500 horsepower engine that's insane don't don't you tempt me with a good time now blake 
It's it's nuts. I mean, like, look, taxes and core charge add stuff to that. So you're in the five range, but still 500 horsepower. Let's just let's call it under let's call it under six grand. Dude, you can't build a small block with all the machine work required, the stroker kits, all that for that cost. No, you can't. Not anymore, for sure. No. Like a this four weight stroker is going to cost you like ten grand all said and done, and it might make four fifty. Yeah, my Hemi build came out cheaper than it was going to cost me to build the three eighteen I had for my duster. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but even the five seven people pick on it, but and the truck variants more recently, like you look at the Eagle engines, three hundred and ninety five horsepower. Let's call it four hundred. Four hundred horsepower for a junkyard engine. That's more than the five seven LS ever put out. Yeah. Right. You had your LS sixes. Uh, th- those variants they put out four oh five in the later years. You know your LS twos made more, but we're talking year for year. You know, like you, you look at your five sevens. I mean, the, they're in the arena right there, and they really put down good power. No, absolutely. Like I'm, I cannot wait to put this Hemi in my duster when it's ready. Um, I've been arguing and fighting with myself on putting it in chief. But I think I'm just, I'm just going to run the small block in it until the small block doesn't want to run. And then you and I are going to be having conversations. Um, it is my goal to see Chief with a Hemi in it. I'm just saying. We'll get the, we'll get the small block going. We'll, 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 we'll let you have a little rowdy fun. But ultimately, it is my goal to walk you over to the dark side. I'm already there, man. I mean, it's it's just chilling. No, no. Right now you have a habit. You have a Hemi habit. You have one you have habit. <laughs> you have a habit, right? If you want to reach addiction status, you need it in like everything. Right? I did try to talk to my wife and let me Hemi swap her C10. She was not happy. <laughs> I'm okay with that. She's like, nobody does that. And I was like, exactly. Oh, uh, hello. Holly makes mounts for it now. They sure do. That's what I'm I said. Just saying. She she really either wants me to leave the big block in it because I mean it does have a board out four sixty one. Hey, I went ham because people were like, "Oh yeah, we can do this real easy," and then no one showed up to help. Oh man, <laughs> dude, big blocks are fun. I, I I enjoy them. You know, I'm not you know one hundred percent one way or the other. I like a clean ride for a clean ride, man. Um, Ah, yeah, no issues with that, man. Big blocks trucking along, do it. Shake up the neighborhood. Yeah, it ain't trucking along. It's got its issues, but she won't let me work on it until Chief's on the road. Oh yeah. Yeah, she's she's like, draw, draw your line, get you a vehicle running, because I got the I got Chief, I got the Duster, I have that <laughs> Daytona sitting over at another buddy's house. That's right, dude. That's right. Did like, you see? Uh, I didn't see Car Tool. U.S. Car Tool was supposed to come out with a real-world conversion for them like they had back in the day for them from the Mopar catalog. I'm hoping they do come out with that because what I really would, would not mind doing with that is eventually the – because I got the small block already running in chief. I got it mm-hmm. running as soon as I got it. Um, is take that small block out and put it in that Daytona with the real-world uh-huh. drive and then put, put a Hemi in chief and then had the Hemi in the duster. Like that's oh, the man. that's the goal. That would be sweet, especially you know, especially with those cars like the K cars and some of the turbo cars from back in the eighties. No one expects for that to pull into a parking lot, cutting up like crazy. 
No, they don't. And the cool thing about my Daytona is it has it had everything in it still except for an engine. Like mm-hmm. the turbo and its intercooler were still laying in the back under the hatch. No way. So when I put that small block in there, I'm going to put the turbo on it. Dude, what, what's that turbo? Oh, a little baby turbo. Like, I didn't even get my oh, hands no, on Because, I mean, it was no. supposed to be, it's supposed to be a quick me pick it up and you come get it. And then we've just, it's, <laughs> it's evolved <laughs> since then. No, man, you need like, oh, man, you need some like, uh, some of those eBay specials on there. Put like a 76 <laughs> millimeter on there and just, I mean, send a pest into the atmosphere. Just see what happens. Why not? I mean, I'm, let me enjoy the baby turbo for a little bit <laughs> in that little car. Cause I mean, like I really, like Albrick wants to kill me when I bring it up, but I was really just about talked into uh case swapping it. Really? Mm-hmm. They have a local company here. Um, geez, maybe 15 miles away in Baton Rouge. And they specialize in case swap components. They make a lot of stuff. It's called hybrid racing. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Um, but I mean, it's, it's a really big leader in the Honda case swap world. See, I'm, I was looking into it. Oh, yeah. He's, I don't know if you can see the comments. Are you on the part of the screen where you can see comments? Oh, let me see. Oh, here it is. Don't get cut, bro. <laughs> oh man, it's awesome. Like he, he is blowing up. That's awesome, dude. Chris, my man. Valari. Valari. <laughs> I, I just I don't know. Phonetically I have issues. Man, it's just because I want to say Valer. I, I, I say Valera, Valar, Valar, Valar. It's, it's kind of like, uh, was it the uh, black sheep, right? When they're in the uh, police Road. car, it's like roads, Road. ro- roads, ro- roids. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I, why couldn't no, you just no, that give wasn't, it a convenient That wasn't name? black sheep. That was. Uh, uh, what? No, it was black sheep. You're right. I'm sorry. I was, Tommy Boy. Yeah, they're in the hopped head. up police car. Yeah. And the nitrous line breaks. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm not going to say nothing, but. <laughs> and he's like, you were doing 14 miles per hour. <laughs> oh, man. That was a good movie. That was a great movie. We're still getting sideline coaching on the enunciation of <laughs> Valari. Valari. Oh, now he's dipping into uh, the Sandlot forever. <laughs> some some chick named Baby Baby Ruthie or something. <laughs> something I what? Oh man, great movie! That was a great coming of age movie. Oh man, my my boys love it. It was so good. You hey, got I'm Darth here. Vader as an irresponsible pet owner. You got. <laughs> Dude, but it's it's one of those movies, man. You can't watch the sequels. They should have done sequels. That's the problem. Uh, oh, they did. I know they did, but they shouldn't have. Is is what I mean. Um, Speaking of sequels, dude, you see all these new four twenty six uh, variants now available for Mupar? No. Mupar. 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 Yeah, man. So. 
Uh, it was at SEMA. They unveiled kind of like the new parts of the Mopar catalog. Mm-hmm. And you know how was it two years ago? They had the Elephant, right? It was the big yeah. deal. 426 aluminum, three liters supercharged, uh, you know, small block Hemi, Gen 3 Hemi, 1,000 horsepower. Well, um, now there are four Elephants in the catalog. Okay. So two of them are not 426 cubic inches. Two of them are just, I think, still 396 cubic inch, but they have the larger volume displacement blowers of the Elephant, like the three liter, about whatever the the specific displacement is, but the larger volume blowers on it, right? And I think, so you start out with kind of like red eye type horsepower. You got like your base, uh, red eye, powered like 790, 800-ish horsepower. Then they have, uh, that's an iron block. Right. So it's not yeah. an aluminum block. The next 326 gets a little bit of a bump. Uh, it's like a thousand horsepower. Um, E85 compatible. Shut up. Yeah. And then then they have the two re- what I call the real elephant variables, which are the 426 cubic inches, aluminum block. Uh, and one of them is stupid crazy and it's e85 as well and then they came out with the 1500 horsepower elephant dang I, okay i saw that one i yeah, did see so, that one but in the catalog there's four if not maybe it's five there's four if not five blown crate engines that you can buy now from chrysler see i'm really glad that happened because i was like we were all discussing it in our that's a good our, sequel in our group, that's a great sequel because we were all discussing with them doing away with the Hemi cars. So what's your take on this, this seventh car that they haven't unveiled yet? Well, I really thought the last one would have been the black ghost, but they already did that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know why they're dragging it out. Like they should have already announced it reports. So it was supposed to be released at SEMA. Okay. That was the word on the the word on the streets, as we say in Baton Rouge. Um, but Tim Kaniscus reportedly said that they had to delay its introduction because they kept popping the powertrain. Hmm. Um, listening to a couple media outlets, uh, a couple different you know speculators, if you will, they think that, and I believe this makes sense. Um, Given that Chrysler Mopar has these five or four new versions of the Elephant, they're thinking that this secret sauce they're trying to to really whip up in this production car is like this 1100 horsepower E85 Hellcat. Okay, Um, I can get behind that. You know, one that's in the catalog, they've developed it, they're planning to sell it aftermarket. and they're having problems with E85. I, I think that that has some weight to it, right? Because you literally can travel anywhere in the continental United States, fill up on E85, and who knows what you're going to get. You might get 75%. You might get, I've seen as low as like 45, 50%, like stuff that'll totally do damage, right? Just yeah. junk. Um, you might get over 85%. You, you don't know. You know, um, People roll around and go to fuel pumps with little test tubes in their pocket to see what the actual alcohol content is. 
Um, it's nuts, right? So I could see how something as dramatic as a big spike in fuel octane could cause an engine to pop at, at that horsepower rating. Oh, for sure. Like that could be definitely be the issue. Like, I, I mean, I have a hard time trusting the E85. I've known a few people that have had it and they swear by it. But like you were just saying, you, you never really know what you're going to get because mm-hmm. at the same time, they're like, yeah, it's cheaper, but they got worse fuel economy. Well, the whole thing is octane rating. So yeah. E85 has a really good octane. It's super high, right? Um, you know, you look at your efficiency, as you said, your, your fuel mileage is in the crapper, but you can run cooler. You can really push more horsepower out of E85. But the reliability there, I mean, I don't trust going down to the local filling station and having legitimate fuel. I just don't. It's, it's not stable at this point. Yeah, I will agree with that. But yeah, so this this last one is supposed to be a whiz bang from Chrysler from uh, Mopar Dodge. I I think if they don't get it out soon, and when I mean soon, I would say by the end of the year, talks uh, clocks ticking. Man, I I think they might just scrap the project altogether. I mean, it's possible because I, I like we've like we've said it's. <sighs> It should have already been done by now. Like mm-hmm. they should have had this dialed in and figured out before they started unveiling cars on this. Yeah, it's. We talked about this during the displays of those things, right? Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of them are sticker packages, and people are paying through the nose for these vinyl stickers. Um, it's it's almost insulting. Yes. If I if I'm gonna yeah. be honest, as a as a pretty diehard Mopar fan. It's it's almost insulting that they're like, well, we're going to do away with the cars that you love. Mm-hmm. And we're going to come out with some special editions. And there's going to be nothing different about them except for some sticker packages and paint colors. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. It's, I mean, it's, it's a kick in the face, really. And th- they have a sweet parts bin, man. Yeah. Okay, look. You've got the 1320, right? Which has a lot of parts sourced from the Demon. I really think in these new packages, the only one with any sort of merit behind it is the Super B, right? They never yeah. made kind of like the 1320 or the the drag racing variant of the Charger, but it's all there. It's basically the same platform. In the Super B that they came out with, the special edition, you've got the, you know, the 1320 or the Demon wheels, right? The actual drag pack type set wheels. Um, you've got a few things that I would assume also has the demon suspension or what they call the demon killer springs, you know, the coal springs huh? with the better weight transfer. It's like a 1320 or a super stock, right? It makes sense. That car to me, it makes sense. I don't know why you have an obnoxious white B on the hood, but everything else about the car, love, totally love it. But you look at like uh, the King Daytona, you look at the the ghost, right? The the black ghost. It is just stickers, man. It's a jailbreak with some stickers on it and really nothing much more than that. So the only thing that's going to really differentiate it is I would say, okay, maybe the VIN number and the dash plaque. Right? Yeah. That's that's the only differentiator. Um you're not going to see any distinguishable way, I would say, to 
separate those years down the line, right? If, if one were to be painted over or decals removed off of it, sitting on the lot, you would not be able to tell it from just a straight up Hellcat, right? So that's, that's disappointing. You know, they had such a cool part spin. You would think they could have done something a little better, right? So, you know, heck, strap a, a, a demon blower or do more advancements. A pulley, just do pulleys. Do a pulley on a red eye and some demon springs and track pack wheels. And well, there you go, right? So you could, yeah. you don't have to engineer all these new components for a platform that's going away. I don't think anybody with a business mind would do that. But man, you got a better box of Legos to pick from than what you picked. Oh, for sure. Like, like I said, I mean, it's, and like Chris just said, they're, they're playing with our emotions. Um, mm. I think the only one worth a darn that they came out with about all these special editions is the Black Ghost. Really? And I have to say that just because I love the story of the Black Ghost. I think it would have been a little bit cooler to really dig deeper on that one. And what I mean by that is, all right, year one has introduced 20-inch Mopar rally wheels for modern Mopars, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Get linked up with them. Put modern sized Mopar traditional rally wheels. So it has the look and the appearance of the Black Ghost, right? That's the wheels it has on there. Put Absolutely. those on there, right? Put the the flags that are on the front fenders, like the black ghost. You know, it's I don't, I don't know what the it's the the red, white, and green the little flags that the, the decal the guy had on there. Oh yeah, put those. I mean, like really do it up, man. Like put that on there, really. And I'm I'm call me crazy, dude. Put a legit gator grain vinyl top on it, dude. I mean, exactly. I'm with you. Like they they had all the components to make this a truly legendary special edition and mm-hmm. it fell short, but man, it's such a, it's such a cool story. Like, oh yes, it is. It's imagine, legendary. imagine uncovering your dad's car in the garage and you take it out to the local show. And all of a sudden you're flooded by old school street racers. And you're like, this car beat me so much. Right. And your dad, who's a cop is <laughs> <laughs> out illegally street racing and dominating and would just disappear like a legend. Well, that like, adds to the mysticism. Think about that, right? So obviously, I mean, he couldn't get caught, right? <laughs> He's law right. enforcement. So his lifestyle and his his enjoyment of that car created this mysticism and this aura around it, right? So, you know, obviously with his daytime job, he couldn't get caught drag racing. <laughs> you know, that was that would have been wicked bad for his career, right? So it created this mysticism and this it's an urban legend really is what it is right it's an urban legend and it's grown to proportions they had it in a glass capsule at washington zc monument right uh, what is it the um uh, it got entered into the congress library really yeah wasn't it near the smithsonian or something too i think it was i think it was on display there but the car itself is now in the library of congress that's insane so all right, so as that guy's son who who owns the car now, I think Stellantis needs to do a solid and give him serial number one of the Black Ghost Edition. They should. I mean, considering that they're selling cars off the legend of that of his dad's car oh, and, his dad's, and his dad's work. That's insane. Like, how 
much of an honor would that be? Uh, it'd be, I would, I mean, I think you'd be just emotionally a wreck from it. <laughs> right. And then it's like, also, how do you, how do you place value on that? Right. So, you know, you look at some special editions in the past, think of like the, uh, the bullet edition Mustangs, right? So there were in the reiterations from Ford, they did, I think it was maybe 2001 when they first kind of did this commemorative bullet edition Mustang. Uh, a really close friend of mine who's a police officer had one and he would just tell me just the unique properties about it. It's like, look, the quarter glass windows were actually different for a bullet Mustang than a regular GT to mimic the fastback of the day, right? So there are these small features. They really did good job paying commemorative, uh, like, you know, homage, homage. To, yeah. to, you know, what it was. Um, but the family, I think it was like one of Steve McQueen's children or something like that actually received one of the special editions, right? So at some point, I think they may have been, they may have been auctioned off or something, but to let's say you have an official legit Steve Queen, Steve McQueen, McQueen owned Mustang that was used in film production on the set of Bullet. Yeah. And like serial number 001 of Bullet Edition from 2001. They came out again in 2005 with a special edition, I think. And again, most recently, maybe 2010. So there are three times Ford did this, right? Could you imagine the value of a legit scene, you know, like a uh, champion, or what they call it, the hero car Yeah, from the movie, and then serial number one of each of the three reiterations in one collection? So here's a fun fact that I, I tell anybody that'll listen. The week we found out we were expecting my wife and I were actually getting ready to go place an order for one of the new special edition bullets. Really? That's we were awesome. going, we were going to go that weekend and place an order for it. Cause she just, she loved the color and the car itself. I was yeah. a huge Steve McQueen fan. I love the movie. Um, and so I was like, yeah, let's get this bullet. Let's get the bullet. Let's do it. Um, that dark Highland green. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's nice just, color, it's a good color. Um, but then, we got the pregnancy test, and uh, here we are. Wouldn't I mean, trade it. Wouldn't trade it for nothing. Not but, at all. Not but, one bit, man. Like, we were this close to having a bullet. But that's uh, it's all about really doing something non-corporate, right? Because yeah. on books, it's like, does it really make sense to do like a special edition? You know, tip the hat back to something um like that maybe not maybe for the bean counters it doesn't make sense but it's such a non-corporate thing to do it's like hey man we see you as our our patrons people who are brand loyalists and we're going to do something cool for you i'll say ford does a better job of it than dodge does i would say so um especially with the mustangs because like when they shift from one special edition they shift to another instead of just like oh we did that we gave you that bone go on because when mm -hmm. they, they produced the bullet for a few years, mm -hmm. and now they've transitioned to doing the Mach 1 throwbacks. That's true. That's right. And they did bosses for a while. They Yeah, they did bosses for a good while. Um, mm -hmm. I imagine, I think boss will be the next one they cycle back to again. Because they like to go through their little rotation mm -hmm. so that each generation has its has its own versions of them. Um, that and what's not more legendary than a boss Mustang? Oh, man. 
I had someone that I worked with and her and her husband had one that was, I think it was at the Laguna Seca. Is that? That is, best? I, I do believe that is a, a one of them. I'm not super uh, versed in the Ford world, but it was, I mean, it was a straight up track car, dude. It was cool. It handled and they entered it in SCCA competitions. They did great with it. I thought it was very admirable that they're going to do that. And I think, May it may have been a boss iteration where they they legit were like, yep, no AC, just like the original boss race car. And it's like, wait, what? In modern yep. day, that is bold. Oh, yeah. And people bought them. People bought yeah. them like hotcakes. Yeah. Um, but like uh, Roush, they have the Roush, the Roush special editions when they when they were selling those. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew a couple of guys that had those, and they were fantastic cars. Very well oh, put yeah. together. Um, now, it depends, though. You look at the... Um, Oh God, what is it? Uh, what's the body style that came after SN95? Like the we're, um, we're pissing Chris off. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is pissed. You're talking Fords, yeah. But they had a body style. It was like the Terminator body style, right? Uh-huh, they had yeah. the Jack Roush editions. That was like stage one was like a wing and a ground effects kit, and it's like, oh, that's disappointing. I mean, they're not. They all can't be winners. <laughs> Touche. I mean, there's there's gonna be there's gonna be a couple. I mean, look at a '72 Mustang. Oh, dude, I wish Dodge would step it up a little bit. Um, I understand they have um, laws, regulations, guidelines that they have to adhere to, right? Like you have like you know GVWR, all that stuff, and you know X amount of passengers for output ratio and. It's a lot of stuff that I can't even begin to understand when it comes to the complexity of designing a car. But explain to me this, right? It makes no sense to me. Why do we not have a single cab short wheelbase Ram any longer? You can go in a Ford dealership right now and buy a Coyote 5.0 powered single cab short bed Ford F-150. And with bolt-ons, you are just, I mean, it's, dude, it's its a value, man. You get a stripped-down work truck with a 5.0, and it flies. Yeah. Ram could do the same thing with a 6.4 and beat the tar out of it. Why not? I feel like uh, this is more of, like, what we're talking about and the fact that, and like Chris was saying, the only reason they're doing these special editions for the cars is because the decision came after they were purchased by Stellantis and they're just trying to get rid of the excess bodies. Probably. Let's, let's be honest. They're just trying to make sure they don't have a bunch of shells just sitting, just sitting somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's and why you they know got that the... makes sense with the trucks. Let's think about this for a minute. Typically at the end of a platform, you'll get like a cycle out year, especially with trucks, right? Yeah. So you'll get like, case in point, 2019 Ram, new body style, new design, but you could still get a Ram classic. GM has done it for years. Ford's done it for years. The first year of a new body style, you can still buy the old body style, but it's listed as a classic, right? right. Dodge is now into the year 2023 with classic body styles that were phased out in 2018. 
they're still trying to get rid of those parts in those shells. We're still seeing fourth gen Rams with 2022 production years and 2023 production years. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why it's also why like you got like the uh, challenger, the body in white. Mm -hmm. They got all these shells because they were, they had no plans to stop making these things Mm -hmm. and they got bought. It's an H platform too. I mean, the challenger has been around a minute. Yeah. Makes sense. But man, God, they're such a cool car though. Like I, Oh, I know. I want one so bad, but that's. I had a rental. I had a rental, even the five seven, and I was thoroughly pleased with it. Dude, it's hard for me to be mad at anything that can sound that can sound mean, get great gas mileage, and it looks so freaking cool going down the road. Oh god, yeah, they it's nailed hard, it, man. It's they hard to be it. mad about it. Like they they killed it with the Challenger, and and then like I said, for them to go out like they are with these sticker packages, I mean, it doesn't disappointed i think that's the only word i got for it is disappointed but i think the tides are turning here matt um did you see that gm ate a little bit of crow and they said they're not disbanding the gas engines like they said they were um probably because people are poking fun at the fact that if these things die they start to get charged up by a gas powered generator <laughs> probably i mean but, but but yeah no you're absolutely correct they did eat some crow um mm-hmm. but you know what they tried to do um, I'm a little bit of a gamer. Like I'm not like one of those hardcore guys, but like I play Call of Duty and stuff every now and then. Um, the new Call of Duty, in order to marketing campaign, they got the Call of Duty guys to work in the electric Hummers. What? It's a vehicle you can jump into on the maps and drive it around, and it has a battery and everything. And when it blows up, yeah. it has like a. So I mean, they're. I'm not anti EV if it's if it works and people want to drive it. By all means, mm-hmm. that's the, that's their thing. Drive what you want to drive. Like that's the problem. You, you like everybody, everybody thinks just because you don't want it, you're anti it. No, yeah. it's just not, it's not my cup of tea. I don't want it. So, but you're more than welcome to drive what you want to drive. Just leave me alone with my with my old shit boxes, and you can't tell me mine's worse on the environment than yours. That's it, man. That's look. I'm the same way. Like, do you have fun? Um, by all means, it's just it's not something that. I'm overly impressed with it at the moment. Yeah, it's look, it's cool. Like they got Tesla's running insane numbers at the track, doing all this crazy stuff. Um, but I'm a driver at heart, and what I mean by that is the driving experience, the road feel, and the ability to go long distances in a sprint are extremely important to me. Right, power tour. Driving up to Moparty, going to these events, seeing the roads, the two-lane block top, blacktops of this country, you really cannot feasibly do that with an EV yet. They may get there one day, no problem, cool. But I know that I can hop in my car and drive up to Pennsylvania if I wanted to without ever stopping for anything but beef jerky and a pee break. Yep. Um, so did you see where... Like I, I try to keep up on this on the electric vehicle stuff. There was a couple that bought the uh the Ford Lightning, mm-hmm. and it cost them the they went and picked up a camper. It ended up costing them five hundred dollars to get that camper home in charging fees because it did not have the battery life promised when towing. It's like a hundred mile range when towing. Yeah, a decent weight. Like it was next. It's not to, much at all. No. 
So the, and they, but they were not told that. They were told they got decent, decent tow range, and mm-hmm. but yeah, it cost them like five hundred dollars to get home. On top of it being a hundred and twenty thousand dollar truck. Yeah, like I'd be so, pissed. Yeah, you know, it's. I think it's a hundred at least, and then the dealer markups are just like everybody else right now. They're well, through the Ford, roof. Ford made, drew a line in the sand, told their dealerships to quit marking stuff up after the Bronco fiascos. Wow, they had they actually sacked up a little bit. Yeah, they told. Well, they actually told them they're going to move away from the dealership platform and they're just going to sell directly. Kudos, man! Because like what they what dealerships are doing with the Broncos and the new Broncos and they rolled them out. Oh, it was were, nuts. People were ordering their Broncos and the dealership would literally be like, "Yeah, we got your Bronco, but it's this price now, and if you're not going to pay it, we're not selling it. We're not giving it to you. We're going to sell it for this price." Like they were literally stealing these people's pre-ordered Broncos out from under them to sell them for, like, uh, the mark the market up from a forty-five thousand dollars to a hundred thousand. The biggest sticker shock dealer markup that I had witnessed was when I was about eight months ago. I was looking at uh, getting my wife a Jeep. We were shopping for her car. We wound up getting a um, the the longer Jeep Cherokee, the Grand Cherokee L. Um, I was sitting in the dealership floor and there was this Rubicon 392 Wrangler. Those things are killer. Oh, yeah. It, it was like, look, I don't know the color. It was kind of like this magenta pink metallic color with brass colored wheels with like bead locks on it. Uh, it's all factory, right? It had... Uh, the Rubicon decal or the 392 decals on the hood were brass to match the wheels. Um, the sticker on this this Jeep was $72,000. Okay. 72 grand for a Jeep. Um, a guy walks in legitimately, looks over at the Jeep, and he asks, Can I speak to the manager? Manager comes out and says, Hey, how can I help you? You know, what's going on today, sir? He says, Look, I'm from here locally. I have this exact same Jeep configured and ordered through another dealership right now. Same color, same everything. I have it ordered. They're telling me it's going to be eight weeks before I can get it at least, if not longer. Okay. He says, I will give you, I think it was like sticker was 72. He's like, I'll give you 72 for it right now. Give you sticker price. No questions asked for it right now. I just don't want to eight, uh, wait eight weeks. Man, I can't even speak tonight. Um, the dealer manager laughs and he says, sir, this Jeep is not leaving the showroom for anything less than 95,000. How can they live with themselves? Do you know what I mean? I don't know, man. That's incredible. That's incredible. It's it's outrageous, like the fact what they want for these cars. But like at the same time, see, I have a '99 Forerunner, the th- one of the third gens. Mm-hmm. I did not even know those things were collectible. Oh my gosh, people love those things. I did not know a third gen was like the the model people want. Did oh, not yeah. know. Did not know. And I was like looking for because I'm I'm really thinking about getting into dabbling and overlanding a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I really just like the way it looks. Looks like it's a good time, good way to get out with the family. You get just, like an Australian accent and put another shrimp on the bobby. Oh, don't worry. It'll be there. And full. It'll be there. And get a full, little dingo. Full tilt. I'll even be like, that's not a knife. 
but uh so i got to looking up parts and stuff and then like like a for sale page for these forerunners popped yeah. up like like mine has three hundred and thirty thousand miles on it runs like a top runs great oh yeah but um these guys were selling these things for twenty to thirty thousand dollars oh dude it's crazy i was like around college campuses people are obsessed with them yeah i did not realize the third gen was the way it was the desirable one like i oh, figured yeah. it'd be one of the newer ones but nope third gen's where it's at like the aftermarket support for them is still growing um i mean if you want like to do the whole overland lift uh the bumpers the the rear mount racks with uh you know the the good uh the fuel can containers all that stuff dude it's out there and probably oh, yeah. any configuration you could dream of like i've i mean i was just i was just blown away i was like okay well i guess i made the right choice and hanging on to this one oh, um, yeah. yeah i did not realize that they were the collectible ones they are they they're and, yeah i got to read it was the year it was the year they they made them a, a hair bigger made them a little bit more comfortable, but they were still small enough to be great trail rigs. Mm -hmm. So I was like, cool. Well, th there we go. Now that being <laughs> said, I'd still want to do like a overlanding Ram charger. Oh yeah. I want to, uh, weird. I want a trail duster, some kind of bad. Those things are so hard to find, bro. There was a few of them at Mo party this year. Really? Oh, you'd have been drooling. They were beautiful. Oh, I would be. Man. It's just it's the same thing, dude. Like, I think really Dodge even got lazy with the VIN numbers. Like, there's no designation. There's no difference in a Plymouth Trail Duster and a Dodge Ram Charger. Like, you would never know, bro. Right? It's for me. I'd want a Trail Duster just because it's Plymouth. I'm more of a Plymouth guy than a Dodge. Right. Guy. Me too. Same thing. And, and look, it's stupid. Some years they literally. Popped the Dodge logo off the hood and slapped Plymouth on there. And that was the only difference, right? The steering wheel had a Plymouth emblem <laughs> instead of a, a Dodge, uh, like a Pentastar, right? It was like a, a what was it? Bro, they, got the... they got lazy there for a little bit. And even the Plymouth thing was just a Pentastar. They were like, <laughs> my Plymouth Duster has the Pentastar on one of the fenders. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I knew back then that was a big thing for the Chrysler Pentastars. Yeah. I'm talking about like... Um, like in some of the the years in the early '90s, I didn't know this till we were chatting the other day. They made the Trail Duster all the way till like '80 or '81. They made them for a good for a good minute. It's just, I didn't, didn't realize that. It's just for some reason there's just not a lot of them on the market. Huh. They're oh, hard man. to find. I had one here local. It was it, I had a little three inch lift on it. It was black and white. Had a 360 in it with a three on the floor. Nice guy, guy wanted like five grand for it. Rust I, issues? Not really. Huh. It's pretty clean. I about went and bought it just because it was such a good deal. Jeez. Trail duster with a tin grill, man. Mm. Yep, I'm with you. And a hemi swap. Gotta. Gotta do it. It'll happen one day. I'd be happy with a Ram charger. Like I've, like my dad had a few Ram chargers when I was growing up. So, I mean, I would, I would love a trail duster, but I'll take it for what I can find. I had, we had a 90, it was like the last couple of years, a 91, I think, Ram charger that we bought for like 500 bucks. It had blown head gaskets on it. A friend and I scooped it up to just kind of flip it. Um, 
we just really like to play with cars and then just sell them when we're done with them. Um, that one, to, to me, it's all about the removable top on the Ram Chargers. And, like, when you get into the sub-81, like, after that, it's just kind of like, oh, man, I wish it had a removable top. Right? Like, there was just something about popping the top off that thing. And well, just- you say that like it was easy. Oh, my God, those things are heavy. I Look, it's awesome. I love and, a removable top, but, but you're like, not also, popping anything off. Also you're getting the, like a crane and a rig. I need you to think about this. I am like four times your size. <laughs> <laughs> Point made and check. Um. So, And I come from dudes that are just as big. So, I mean, it was just a pop-off. <laughs> um. <laughs> I could just picture you in full out red Christmas flannel. <laughs> like with your blue ox next to you and just like ripping it off and discarding it like rubbish. Kicking a door in. <laughs> like I've traveled 500 miles. <laughs> you know where I'm going. I know. I know. Oh, step bros. Oh, man. But, uh, shoot. Well, man, we're getting to that hour point. Or actually, we're well beyond the hour point. Oh, um, yeah, man, dude. We're doing – that's pretty cool. Yeah, we're it's, doing a good uh, chat. It's um, a good chat, man, always. You know what? Hey, for the last uh, 30 minutes, guys, I'll open it up real fast. And if anybody wants to hop in here and chat with Blake and I, feel free. There's eight. There's eight of you. There's eight of you watching. Jump in here if you got any questions for Blake about Hemi Swap stuff, um, or if you just want to chat, tell a car story, or just yeah. shoot, shoot Bring the shot. Come on, come on in. Um, let's see here. Yeah, see, this is what I was talking about right here. This guy, see, four dealer, four dealer sold this Bronco right off from under him. Yeah, see that stuff like there when it, it comes to there was a point in my life where I said, I will never pay sticker price for anything. Now people are like, I'm never going to pay a dime over sticker price. And to me, that's just like blasphemy. There was a point in my life where I said, I will never pay sticker. Right. You're hundred percent correct. Um, I will never, unless my wife just falls in love with something, buy something brand new. You got to get it out your system. And uh, I will say I did it once for me. I've only had one new vehicle ever, and I, dude, I'm I'm completely fine with secondhand letting somebody else take in the hit. Oh, I'll be I'll be used to the day I die. But yeah, nothing wrong with that, man. You know what to look for. Power to you. Yeah, absolutely. David, how's it going? What's up, guys? It's been a long time. Uh, I took a sabbatical. Yeah, it's, yeah. I've just been kind of hanging out. I had a big move, so I move up in northern Texas now. Nice. So, there you go. Yeah. Texas is a good place to be. So anyway, yep. Still working on Duster. I hope to have it done by uh, by summertime. Awesome, man! I've been keeping up with you. You've been making some great progress. Yeah, I got the now. Now I'm having the problem with getting parts now. I ordered air air conditioning unit for it. Nine weeks out. Vintage air? Huh? Vintage air? Vintage air. Okay, so a little trick about that. (laughs) Speaking from experience, um, vintage air, 
I think when I went to order mine before Mo Party, Matt, it was like eleven weeks out. Yeah, I think. Seriously, go look at um, Jags and Summit. They have a lot of stock there instead of buying it direct from Vintage oh, Air. Really? Oh yeah. So I was able to believe it or not, I found a, a kit for my car on uh, who was on uh, Amazon or eBay of all places. It was someone who had a couple kits, and I think it, it actually wound up being from Summit. And my car, here was a difficult situation. My car was a non-AC car, but it had the 26-inch radiator that most AC cars come with, right? Yeah. Um, so when you order an AC kit from Vintage Air for a non-AC car, it comes with a 19-inch radiator condenser. Right. Right. So what I actually did, but it was only kit available. So I bought that kit and then I was able to buy just the 26 inch condenser kit directly from Summit for like 120 bucks. Right. And boom, I had a full kit without having to wait eight weeks. Yeah. So give them a shot. Get Look, check them out. Don't go direct through uh, Vintage Air, I would say. Uh, all the part numbers, get your part numbers together and go look like, on Summit's website, okay. and you'll probably be able to piece one together and get it in a couple days. Yeah, because right now I've got the motor. Motor's in the engine bay, and so what I'm trying to do is get stuff mocked up, get everything, mm -hmm. uh, get all my fuel lines, my brake lines. I want to get the AC unit. I'll get everything mocked up and then I'll pull everything out and then finish up the body and do the paint and then go ahead and, and mount everything back in. But man, it was just like, yeah. Oh yeah. It was like January. It's bad. So, Even interior. I don't know. Are you uh, past the interior phase? No, I just been, I've got the, I actually got the seat covers. I need to order the door cards order the carpet and the headliner and stuff that stuff's still pretty readily available well that's so. that's good my car the I, my back seat is roached it's like sun-dried crusty vinyl right. i did the front seats and I, at the time i don't know why i didn't do the back all of the upholstery guys for the back seat cover are like 42 weeks out it's nuts and it's yeah, not. Uh, is that legendary? That's legendary. That's and look, that's even PUI, which is you know the the, the right. cheaper brand. Um, all of them are that long out, and it's nothing spectacular. It's not like a metallic gold seat cover for a Fury out of 1973, like something rare. It is literally a standard black Barracuda backseat. Right. Um, I ordered mine from. I think it's. Not my Mopar. They're actually out of Canada. Oh. And they had them in stock. And I think it's part of PG Classic. Mm -hmm. So, okay. and they actually had it in stock. I mean, nice. I was surprised because I thought I was going to look for a lead time, but no, it's like I got the email and then, oh, yeah, it's shipped already. And I'm like, wow, oh, this is cool. I'm going to so, check that out. Yeah. So anyway, I've got to get door cards yet and then order, get the carpet and the headliner and uh, order all the gaskets and everything like that. But um, So what year is your car? It's a 70. 70? Okay. So yeah. you got the metal door uppers, right? Yes. And the yeah. metal uh, 
rear sail windows. I, I would call them uh, yep. the, the pop-out windows. You got all that wraparounds and metal. Um, here's something that's pretty neat. I don't know if you, you knew about it, but I did the headliner my car with the bows and everything. And, it, it, you know, it takes time. You can get it. No big deal. Right. When I did my dart, I had a 74 dart. In the later years, they had um, hard headliners. Right. They had a one-piece headliner in those. Yeah. So now, if you go on Rock Auto of all places, yeah. you can get an ABS-backed hard headliner. Not not foam, not cardboard. ABS-backed. So really durable stuff. And ships to your door. Throw it up there with one person even, and you never have to worry about it sagging or you know being bent out of shape. So it might be – and it's cheap. It was like 140 bucks for the whole thing. Yeah. So, I don't know, just food for thought. Yeah, that's just bad, too. Yeah, so that's where I'm at. I mean, it's, like it says, I'm kind of, I'm redoing, the, well, the wire harness and stuff. I decided I'm going to make my own wire harness. So, mm -hmm. the fortunate thing is, is down uh, in Mansfield, Texas, down south of here, they have Mauser Electronics. Oh, yes. Yes, I know so them I, very well. I get stuff in two days. So, and they have still a lot of the old uh, uh, Packard fittings and all that stuff. Because mm -hmm. I kind of want to keep the original bulkhead fitting, you know, keep that, you know. And, and so I was able to get that, get the, get the fittings and all that stuff. I was able to source all the, the uh, sockets and everything for the taillights and everything. There's mm -hmm. another company. Um, that carries that stuff. So that's that's a great resource, and the prices are very reasonable. Yes, some of those connectors are like ten cents a piece. I know. Yeah. Yeah. What I would say though is, right now, if there's anything that you are having difficulty with, um, MMH, uh, you can really only buy these harnesses through year one. They have some sort of agreement. Um, they're like the most accurate Mopar reproduction wiring harnesses that I've found. Um, during the Christmas holidays, every year they have a massive sale on MMH wiring harnesses. Mm -hmm. So if there's something that you're just really having a hard time get, like, let's say it's, it's not even worth your time to piece together. If you have like a, a trunk light harness or a, a tail end harness, you know, it goes right. to the tail lamps up to that connector kind of behind the quarter panel. It might be like 30 bucks or 20 bucks. And it's just right. like, you know, oh, geez, man, I don't even have to put the labor in for that. I could just buy an off the shelf plug and play direct replacement, you know? Yeah. So I would check them out too for anything you have difficulties with. Yeah. And that's actually part of the, the off of the steering column. Cause they got the two connector bodies on there. I mean, mm -hmm. one you can get one Herb's parts actually carries it, but then there is the other one. Actually, I think that's for the turn signals. Yeah. So that one you can't, that, I think that one comes in a harness kit. Yeah, there's some 70 specific stuff um, that Chrysler went through a lot of vendors back in the day. Turn signal switch is one of them. Uh, like the 70 turn signal switch, the hazard button is like a different shape yes. and, uh, and stuff than the, the 71 on. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just been uh, part of the thing is just sourcing parts and mm -hmm. doing all the research. And so, and then I've been, you know, I've got the factory wiring diagrams and part of 
the stuff I have for work, I use Bluebeam. So I've been updating my drawings for, on Bluebeam to nice. <laughs> so I'll have a, a good set of wiring diagrams for it. Cause you know, I'm putting in that, you know, I've got electronic fuel injection, so I've got fuel pump and mm -hmm. all that stuff. And, but, um, so what, um, what fuel pump are you running? Like what fuel set? Um, I got the tanks unlimited. Mm -hmm. Tank sink, uh, like tanks unlimited. The yeah. Tank, and then the, what fuel pump that was, I, it'll, it'll run the hammy. Yeah. It's like it's a like 340, I think, or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. That's what I have on my car. I have that same tank on my car. Um, I think it's great. Runs well. I never have a lick of trouble out of it. The coating they put on their tanks is really good. It, it's a durable, almost a, a ceramic-like coating they put on those tanks. Yeah. It looks good. Lasts a long time. No rust. No pitting. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good buy, man. That's solid. So anyway, yeah. And then I decided I'm just going to make all my own fuel lines and brake lines and everything. I, I just tried to get going there and. I just can't spend four hundred, five hundred dollars on fuel lines when I can buy the stuff and mm -hmm. bend my own. You For know? sure, yeah. it's just and it's, a big thing now is fuel compatibility, right? So even if you buy some of the braided hoses out there mm -hmm. with ethanol in the fuel, over time, if it sits, if you don't run it often and flush yep. fuel through it it will start to degrade some of those subpar fuel lines, right? So by making your own hard line, you're actually eliminating a lot of potential failure yeah. points. Well, that's that's the, smart. That's smart. The fortunate thing is, is actually the Tesoro station up here in Sherman actually sells non-ethanol grade fuel. Okay. So Very you good. can get it at the pump. And so do a lot of our guys, our stations around here. Yeah. yeah. So anyway... So what um what engine management system are you doing for the hem? What year? I'm, I'm doing the Holly. Okay. So what year? Huh? What year is the engine? It's a 2009. Okay. Cool. It's the the VVT. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. So first year of the EV, block, VVT. I th Big Block got his before I think about a month before I got mine. Cool. Yeah, mine's so, in, mine's in 08. Yeah. Okay. So, so yours is non VVT, right? Uh huh. He, yeah, cool. he's got a non-BBT. So. Yeah, they're, so, they're solid. I mean, the non-BBTs, I always say keep them cool. Um, that's the biggest thing with the non-BBTs is uh, cylinder head design are a little bit prone to dropping valve seats. Um, just if you keep it cool, you're golden, man. That's what happened to this one. It dropped, it, it dropped a valve. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, very common. And then, you know, the BBT stuff kind of has their, their low wear issue, the cam issue. Um, as long as you keep good maintenance and oil changes on it, eliminate debris and just treat it right, it's going to be fine. So, hey, what did you get for, Matt, what did you get for a radiator for yours? Or have you got uh, one yet? No, I got three-core aluminum from Holly. Okay. Uh, like 300 bucks. I got a, um, so I got a cold case. They had it down at Summit on the, at the outlet store. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was, it's for an e-body. Um, but it's the two core, but it's like three inches thick. Oh, right? nice. So anyway, all I'm going to have to modify the lower rod support to fit it in there, but. 
I typically run. I typically run the champions. Uh, I have good luck with them. I'm just, I'm just really afraid of the heat having that big thing in there in that little tiny, little tiny box. Really. And not having enough airflow through it. I'm gonna have to do custom air intake for it anyway. I mean, Mm. the motor, the motor and the uh, the hood don't fit well. (laughs) (laughs) I put the motor in there and go like, oh crap. So I've seen someone do something. You have to put his his scoops on it. I've seen someone do something curious. uh, uh, I say curious, really creative with the 340 hood scoops. And uh, having a, a foam gasketed seal underneath one of the hood scoop openings, mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty trick. Yeah. So, anyway. That's, that's cool, man. That's, that's an exciting build. What was that, David? I said, that's what I've been doing. <laughs> it's, it's a cool build. Yeah. That is cool. So, I also, so the place I moved to up here in Sherman. So I have a 22 by 40 deep garage. Nice. So, yeah. Spacious. Very spacious. So, which is really nice. Texas, man. Texas is sweet. Yeah. I got a rotisserie coming in hot next year. Where's where's your car sitting? No, obviously it's not in the garage. It's outside under a car cover. Okay. Living the living the banished life. <laughs> Much to the uh, displeasure of my HOA. Oh, yeah. Boo. Boo. Yeah. Anyway, well, good talking to you guys. Absolutely, David. It's good catching up, man. Yeah. We'll, Thanks, we'll man. I appreciate you joining us. So, all righty. I'll let someone else jump on. Have a good night, man. All right. You too. Bye. So I'm still here, everybody. It's just my camera decided to like full on quit working. (laughs) It's all good, man. Um, Blake, you got anything else, man? No, man. It's always fun hanging out with you, buddy. Man, I've got to come down there sometime. You're not that far away. Yeah. We'll go do something fun, man. Well, I'll, I'll trade these. You come down here, and then I'll go up there. Okay, okay. Have you heard Albrecht's crazy nonsense of him wanting to go start doing lockdowns for ghost hunting? What? He wants to start doing lockdowns, and I was like, I was like, I'm in, but I just feel like you're gonna not enjoy the experience. <laughs> wait, wait. Okay, total noob here. What's a lockdown? It's where you go lock yourself in for a few hours in the dark in a haunted place with a night vision camera, and that's about it. Interesting. He's over here. He's over here like, ooh. <laughs> I'm not saying no. I mean, not you got no. you got some you got the uh, some voodoo queen stuff to show us, don't you? If we come down. Oh yeah, we got some stuff. Yeah. Gonna have to do it. Gonna hey, have to do it. If you come down here, I'll take you. It's not something I would do on my own. It's not something I want to do anyway. But <laughs> I think this it seems like a bad idea. It's like, it oh a... look, there's an electrical socket. Let's stick my finger in it. Yeah. Look, I'm not saying it's a great idea, but he wants to do it, and I'll I gotta be there. Hey man, hey look, 
You got to support our friends, right? That's right. I'm a good friend that way. <laughs> At least he owns it. It's a horrible idea. <laughs> oh, man. I, what do you do with that, that mojo, that voodoo follows you home, dude? <sighs> Try not to talk about it. I mean, like, think about it. Like, our wives would be like, I told you not to do it. I told well, you not to do it. My wife already told me I can't come home if I bring something with me. Like, next thing you know, our kids are hanging from the rafters. Man, I've I've had experiences my whole life, so. I know. I'm just saying. I got to be there supporting the Chris. Bear. He's never experienced it. It doesn't go well for your first time. Shoot. I got to be there for my boy. <laughs> Look at Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness, Chris, what's what's the matter with you? <laughs> but all right, all right, everybody, buddy. thank you for welcoming us, welcoming us back, Blake. Thank you for being the first guest on the revival. Anytime, my man. Man, it was a good time talking to you. Uh, anytime, man. You just let me know you want to sit down and have a chat. We'll sit down and have a chat. I like chats, man. Maybe we do a fireside next time. I mean, I'll do it. I mean. I just all, got I'll, I'll, I'll go up there to the frozen Arctic of Arkansas. <laughs> but like, hey guys, it's a it's a blistering 45 degrees. <laughs> I'm freezing. I had a t-shirt on. Yeah, I'm I'm out here in a hoodie and a beanie, sitting on top of a heater for all intents and purposes. Let's see here. What, what is the, doing, man? What is the temp? Because my phone's like a block of ice in my hand right now. It is, oh, it came up some. It is flat 30 degrees without the wind chill. Nope. Woo. You might want to wait for that springtime fireside. Because <laughs> it's only going to get colder from here. Um, 28 degrees in Iowa. Man, I feel you. I feel you, Iowa. Uh, 